Hey guys, welcome back to Working at the Wheel. I'm your host, Vicki Dombeck, and we're so happy to have you here for our second episode of Doctrinal Dictionary. Uh, we took a quick break last week in the beginning of our series to talk about discipleship, uh, but we're back to finish out the year uh, with this uh, Doctrinal Dictionary series. So we're really excited to dive in. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome. We're super happy that you're listening. Um, but we're just want to introduce ourselves as a podcast produced by the student leaders of a Christian campus ministry, Badger Crew. Um, we're stationed in Madison, Wisconsin, but we really just want to create content that can go towards anybody on their spiritual walk. So without further ado, I will introduce the wonderful people around me, as I always start with. Um, and first, I will start with Miss um, Elizabeth Lanning is with us today. How's it going, Elizabeth? Great. I'm excited to be here. And guys, we, we did it. We got the one and only Alex Bell on the podcast. You've heard references to him so many times. He's here. He's with us today. How's it going, Alex? I only hope I can deliver after that hype. But thanks. <laughs> no, it's a privilege to be here. Thanks for having me. And my podcast team co-host here today is the one and only Elena Lotto. How's it going, Elena? Hey, it's going pretty good. How are you about yourself? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And um, Elena, I'd love for you to actually start us off to kind of outline what this podcast is going to look like, um, and then we'll go around and do something very similar to how we did in our first Doctrinal Dictionary episode, where we'll just ask everybody a quick question about how they got into doctrine, and then we'll go from there. So if you want to take that away and kind of preview what this episode will entail. Yeah, for sure. Um, on this episode, we just kind of want to... Um briefly go through the Trinity. Um, That's a pretty ground doctrine um, theology point for the Christian faith in general. Um, So we just kind of want to break down um, who each person is in the Trinity between God the Father, the Son, Jesus, and Holy Spirit, who is a person. (laughs) But we'll get to that later. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. And then we'll we'll go around, like I said, and if you guys just want to share just a little bit about how you got into doctrine. I know Alex is on staff and, and our two wonderful students here um, have loved, I know Elena has loved studying the Holy Spirit in, in her years on campus. So I'd love to hear from any of you and just how you got started in this. I guess I can go. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know how I got into doctrine. Uh, it's kind of a funny question. It's almost like asking, how did you get into gravity? Uh, because it's just simply gravity is a fact and the better degree to which I grasp it is the degree to which like I live life and so in some ways it's just a necessity and so I think crew staff definitely helped me um, provide like stability Uh, doctrine provided stability in my walk with Jesus Uh, so I think you can have faith certainly without like expansive doctrine but I'd, I'd probably be the guy you should talk to if you're like not feeling like a theologian and you just want to, but you want to grow and you want to understand uh, because I've, I've found that doctrine is really just, if anything made me love Jesus more, love God more. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I would like to um, just go off of what he said. Um, I think doctrine helped me grow closer relationship with Jesus. Um, I am one of those people who don't call myself a theologian. Um, but I really think that um, that growing relationship with Holy Spirit um, came from understanding who he is more 
and that is foundational in doctrine. Yeah, I'd say my journey is pretty similar um, to Liz's where like it's just been part of the growth process of me knowing God more. Um, But definitely like there was a period of time like my freshman year where it's just like I want to know like all of the ins and outs of you, God. Like I want to know what I believe, why I believe it and like the truth that like supports those things um less about taking camps but more about just like what's true about you god um and i hope that that comes out in this episode um just as like we're talking about um each one of the people in the trinity just what what do they look like what's true about them and um like how does that impact our walk um as we get to know each of those parts of the trinity better for sure and and i know before we dive in specifically to uh, the three parts of the Trinity, um, we've got this this first topic that we kind of want to preface with, and and Elena, I, I kind of want you to take that away in terms of prefacing this, and if anybody else wants to add to it before we get into the Trinity, um, if you'd be all right with that. Yeah, totally. Um, and so we just kind of wanted to preface um, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit by just understanding that there's parts of God that are more relatable to us, and then there's parts um of god that are like something that he alone experiences and we just like are in awe and wonder of like those things um they just lead us into worship and so we just wanted to distinguish that there are incommunicable traits and communicable traits and so those are just a really wordy way of putting what i just said but basically (laughs) the incommunicable um traits are the qualities that god alone possesses which includes being sovereign omnipotent omnipresent omniscient transcendent eminent immutable and infinitely eternal. And then the communicable traits that are the qualities that we can also possess are being a spirit, personal, good, holy, love, truthful, and wise. And this isn't like where we want to like camp out today in this episode, but I just thought that it was important that we kind of set the stage for like, okay, God is a different being than we are. And, like, here's the traits that we can share in through um, his Holy Spirit that we have access to through the Son. Um, And just that, like, those are things that we can relate to God on versus, like, the things that we just, like, worship him for and, like, understand him to be. Elena, one other thought about that that I think is so cool, I'm really glad you brought that up, is I think it's valuable to realize that there's both communicable and incommunicable because... If it was just one or the other, you'd be missing so much Mm -hmm. about what the Christian life's all about, that even having communicable attributes shows that we are made in his image. Like we're the closest thing on planet Earth to what God is really like. And that's such a cool privilege. It makes him worthy of worship. And yet he's not like us. Praise God. (laughs) And and that there's, there's a lot of qualities that make him uniquely him and also worthy of worship. So I just think the way you framed that was really helpful and really key to understanding who God is. Absolutely. And um, diving right into our wonderful Trinity, starting out with just God himself, God being the Father. And I think the way we want to look at the three parts of this is we're going to spend a lot of time on on attributes. Um, and then we're really going to ask this question about what does this mean for us? How does this apply for us? You know, what does our life look like moving forward now that we can understand and truly glory in these um, in these attributes of the Trinity? So, um, when it comes to God the Father, what are some attributes that we can truly love and worship about God? I guess I can kick us off. Um, and just that um, God the Father is like the figure 
that we're all like connected back to um, in the storyline. And so like we have Holy Spirit from Jesus who came from the Father. And so he's kind of like the original like guy, but like everyone was all there at the creation of of the world. And so like God the Father is kind of credited with like creating the world, um, but like Holy Spirit and Jesus were also there with him in that time. That's why it says in Genesis, like, let us make man in our image, which like I know Alex kind of already touched on like that idea. So um, just thinking about like, like they're all in relationship at once, but like God the Father's kind of like considered to be like creator. Um, just to go off of what Elena said, um, because God is omnipotent and omnipresent, um, we're able to worship like this unique character trait about him that we don't possess. And with that comes um, like we all have the ability to access him at any time because he's always there foundationally for us first. And I think that's just so cool and like so hard to fathom as human beings. We can't see all the facets of God, but he can see all the facets of us in each one of us. And that is in itself like just so hard to like even comprehend how to worship like um or to even understand that it's so cool to be able to worship that part of him and he just deserves all praise. I kind of have a question. I'm curious to know what you guys think. I was thinking about this prepping for the podcast, but um, there's, there's a lot of the ways you can describe, you know, God, the father, or like that, that person of the Trinity um, for various things that that person of the owner, the Trinity owns. Uh, but do you guys have any thoughts on why, we come to know that person of the Trinity as father more than the other, like create you know, creator or uh, judge or um, what do you guys think about that? Why father? Yeah, I can speak to that a little bit. I, I think um, when you think of the word father and you think of even a father figure on earth, you think of someone who is multifaceted and you think of someone who can be just, but also caring. And you think of, uh, someone who can be a provider, but also um, super diligent in, in just um, love towards their creation, towards their child. Um, so I think in the different ways and the different facets of God, like you were saying, father is a very encompassing word that comes to that. And, that, and, and why we call him God the father is because we are his adopted children. We are in his family. So to think of us as children, not just sinners or not just broken people, but as children, multifaceted in that way, we have to have a multifaceted God who can also be an all-loving, all-powerful, just judge, but in all encompasses a father. Yeah, just to go off with what Vicky said um, about being in his family, um, I have notes on a previous series I've listened to called DNA Gospel. And there's three ways we can enter a family, and it's by being born, adopted, or through marriage. And um, in all human relationships, like, it's father, friend, teacher, etc. And it just shows, like, how much God wants to be in relationship with us and um, how, like, foundationally um, relationship is, like, what he desires most. No, you're actually... Uh 
sort of taking the words out of my mouth. It's part of the reason as I was processing that question, um, I feel like it, Father is so helpful in two ways. One, I mean, it's bottom line, the way God chooses to reveal himself primarily is as Father. And is, what significance is there in that? And I think it's just like you said, uh, it's relational. Um, we could choose as we pray, or we could have watched Jesus as he prayed to think of God as creator or as judge. Um, but he chose father and that, and I think that both shows us what God's like wanting to reveal himself to us as a relational God, but also to inform us how we can respond to him. And so what does that do to my posture as a Christian? If I, if I pray thinking of him as a creator, if I pray thinking of him as a judge, or if I pray thinking of him as a father, those are all radically different postures to have. And it's helpful to me as like doc, I've formed doctrine in my life that, um, that he wants me to see him as a father and for that exact purpose that re- he's relational. He wants to know me. He desires intimacy. He wants to be approachable. Uh, and I just think that's really helpful. Yeah. And I think um, just like going off of that, just like knowing him as like Abba Father, like, wow, like what a privilege that like, that's the way we get to know the God that created the universe is like that personally. And it just, I think it kind of puts in perspective, um, like the Lord's Prayer, uh, which I believe is Matthew 6, um, like we've been kind of covering in crew, where it's like, God, our Father, who's like in heaven, hallowed be your name where I'm like oh god my father who's also so holy so other than like going back to those communicable and incommunicable traits like so holy so other than so different than anyone I've ever known and yet like he wants me to know him as father like I think that's really beautiful and I think that also transitions us um kind of into the like what does this mean for us which we've kind of been hitting on all along but just like knowing like that attribute of god is like the key to like us understanding like who we are because when we see like when he says like cast your cares on me because I care for you when I don't see God as father I'm not going to really be very apt to do that but when I can see God as like my father and caring about me Mm -hmm. then of course I'm going to be like oh yeah like I have these cares about things like I'm tempted to be worried about something so I'm actually going to cast that on you God because I know you're my good father that cares for me. Absolutely. He's just such a relational being, um, like Alex was saying, where he wants to develop that relationship with us. You know, like when we say so many times, not only on this podcast, but just in our Christian lingo, our Christian jargon about having a relationship, a relationship is two ways. It's not we're pursuing God and we're pursuing God and then one day all of a sudden he decides to pursue us back. It's no, every single day since the beginning of creation, he has been pursuing you. Before you were even born, before, as the old saying is, you were even a sparkle in your mother's eye or whatever it is, he knew you and he wants to pursue that relationship with you, which I think is just such an amazing attribute to go along with it too, about us answering that call and and chasing after him as in this life, so many people are going to not want to have that relationship back with us, whether it be a friendship, relationship, whatever you want to think about. But 
God is someone who we can turn to at all times and know that he is going to run towards us, if not even faster than we can run towards him. Yeah, I think that sets us up really well to start talking about attributes of Jesus. Um, Being the God that pursues us, Jesus came to earth, leaving his father, leaving the perfect communion that he had with his father and Holy Spirit to come to a broken earth for 33 years (laughs) Um, to be Mm -hmm. in our lives and show us how to live, how to be connected to the father, who the father is and what he's like. Um, We see that through Jesus's life. Um, And so I just want to open up the floor um, for you guys to just kind of talk about what are your thoughts um, about the attributes of Jesus? How have you experienced them, etc.? Yeah, I think Jesus is definitely, um, as we as we have here in our notes, the one who is most familiar to humanity. Right. He's the name that you hear the most, I would say. Um, out of the Trinity and I think the one that whether it's understood truly the attributes of Jesus or not the one that you actually hear the most about which is a good and bad thing because we truly want people to understand who Jesus is and what he brings to the table more than just his name but I think when it comes to him being God's one and only son perfection to literally the only human to walk the earth perfectly as an example and a light. Um, I just think of some of his characteristics and how they very similarly embody God's attributes, but also meet us where we're at as humans. And I like to think of Jesus as that bridge from us to God and our ability to really just go back to those those traits that you had prefaced with, Elena, about the... Um, communicable and incommunicable traits. Jesus is that bridge for us to really experience the true traits of God that we can't embody, uh, but then also pursue the ones that we can. Yeah, Vicki, there's like a super spiritual term for what you're describing and in like theological terms, they call the hypostatic union. And it's this, uh, this idea of God or Jesus, sorry, this idea of Jesus kind of having a foot in both worlds, like being fully God and fully man. That's the idea of the hypostatic union. He's sitting in the in-between. He's both. He's fully, he's like somehow 100% both. It's not 50-50. He's 100%, 100%. And, and this is where doctrine really matters. Because if you think about, if you were to ask like, well, what does it matter whether he's 50-50 or 100-100? You get to concepts like the gospel and the idea of how can he how can a man die how can a man pay for my sin well the only way a man could pay for your sin is if he was sinless and the only way he can be sinless is if he is fully god uh, not having sin in his heart and the only way he could pay for more than one person's sin is if he's infinite and Mm -hmm. the only way he can be infinite is if he's divine and so you see how like if i understand some of these basic doctrinal truths then it begins to fill in the possibility of the gospel even being true and so i need him to be 100 100 even if i don't quite get it in my own human faculties does that make sense yeah that's so good alex thank you for sharing that one of the one of the bible verses that always um 
comes into my mind when I think about the role Jesus plays in a unique way is Colossians 1.15. And it says, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created, much like you were just saying, Elena, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And you really get this sense. One of the first versions of it I read is that he is the visible image of the invisible God. And I always go back to that verse because it just reminds me one of the key attributes of Jesus is showing what God is like. You know, if he were to demonstrate in some way, the best way for you to understand me is Jesus. For sure. And I think that even plays into this question of what does this mean for us? You know, Jesus is the ultimate model. And not America's next top model. That, that's the wrong kind of model. I'm talking about the model that we all want to be exactly like. A role model. And Jesus paves that way for us when he lives the perfect life. When he has a relationship with God, his father. In all these ways, the way that he... It can have a foot in both worlds in heaven and earth and be that 100% 100% the way that we want to not only understand that but pursue whatever we can in that is exactly what that means for us when it comes to us not only learning about Jesus but trusting him in everything that he stands for. Right that's so good Vicky um, and I think like we can see that um and just the fact that like, he's God's one and only son, like that he's not just one of many sons that like God just like had to give up like as like a spare, like, oh yeah, I have like five, I can give you one and share. Like, obviously that's not how God looks at life anyway, but um, just like to prove the point of like how valuable is Jesus to God the Father. And like God the Father is the one that has had this plan of like salvation, which obviously all three parties were in agreement with, um, of just like redeeming us since the garden. Like that wasn't a surprise, but he's got this plan of redemption and restoration. And we see Jesus as Yeshua, like the Lord is salvation. Um, And just like that, like like you were saying, like Jesus models, like the relationship to the father that like we want to have, like not just in his lifestyle, but like the relationship, the intimacy that we want to have with the father, the obedience we want to have to the father. Um, and also like, again, like Jesus is so highly valued by the father and he models what sonship and daughtership look like for us now being the sons and daughters of God through the Holy Spirit being in us. Like we get to see like how how God like reacts and his attitude towards Jesus is now through like the transitive property of the Holy Spirit. Like if we're Jesus's like brothers and sisters, that's how God views us. Like how God views Jesus is how he views us. And mm-hmm. I think that can sound like scandalous because we're like, oh my goodness, are we equating ourselves with Jesus? Like, yes, we are, but it's entirely because of his grace. It's entirely because of what he did that we get to say that and, like, have the opportunity. And that's what spurs on our worship, like, when we realize, like, that truth. Elena, I think, too, that uh, just as you're saying we can we can model after Jesus, uh, it doesn't, like, elevate us to this point where we have this, like, inordinate authority or something like that, but that it's this privileged position that still... Mm-hmm 
even in the ultimate position of Jesus shows submission and uh, just the way Jesus did. The example I think of is like from Philippians two, this is like verses six through I think nine. Um, I actually have it here. It says uh, who though he was in the form of God did not count equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Man, that's so core to who Jesus is and not that we can, not only do we inherit his likeness through the, through the cross, but we get the model of his leadership and his deference towards the father, like that submission, that loving submission towards the father. And something that, I don't know, is if we're, if we're going to aim at a way to live the Christian life, that that's it right there. Absolutely. Um, I think that's just so much truth. And I mean, we, we could have spent three separate episodes, let alone three separate series talking about each part of the Trinity. Um, so when we're thinking about and talking about attributes of all, all three, the, of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit, we could go on and on. I think now we are going to transfer to thinking about Holy Spirit and the attributes of, like Elena was saying, this being a person, this it not being an it, it's a he. And talking about what that means in terms of what that means for us and, and what that means in our relationship with the Trinity. Yeah, Vicky, I'd love to just kick us off with the, the fact that like Jesus not only models what our relationship to the Father should look like, but also what our relationship to the Holy Spirit should look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the things that like we see in the Bible is like Jesus, like he's he's this guy that <laughs> is fully God. And like so that means that he has the Holy Spirit like indwelling within him like the whole time. But then we see also, like, when he's baptized, um, we also see the Holy Spirit descend on him like a dove, and the heavens part, and God say, this is my son of whom I'm well pleased, and that's when he begins his ministry. And so, Mm -hmm. like, I think that that goes to show us, like, we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, like, not just to be doing a work within us, but to be overflowing out of us into our communities, into the people that we're in relationship with. Because, like, we don't just know the best decision on our own. Like, we need to be dependent on, like, the Holy Spirit that we've been so graciously given by God. Um, and, and I think, like, what Alex was saying about, like, the humility, like, that has to come from, like, being empowered by, like, the Holy Spirit changing us, renewing our minds, and then, like, giving us this, like, empowerment to, like, go out and, like, do those things. Um, and so, like, we see Jesus, like, performing miracles and like spending time with sinners and like healing the sick and all these things and I believe that we've been called to the same thing like he's modeled for us like what we should be doing too um and so like as we get into like Holy Spirit like we know that like Holy Spirit has like been a leader and like a director he's our guidance and our help and we see like all of those things appear in Jesus's life when we're talking about like how do we know what the Holy Spirit is like like we see him like leading Jesus um and like opening up conversations um along the way like we see like Zacchaeus in the tree and then like Jesus being like I need to spend time at Zacchaeus's house because like he really needs a friend um and things like that so 
I would just love to hear what, like, again, like what your guys' thoughts, attributes, job description of Holy Spirit, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I can start off. Um, Holy Spirit is honestly how I personally, like, he is how I experience God. Um, I used to say that I had relationship with God, um, but I I didn't know Holy Spirit. Um, I, I knew who God was. Um, I read my Bible or learned whatever, you know, the religious activities to learn about who he is. But what truly made me experience and know and be confirmed that God is real is through Holy Spirit and through experiencing him and through um, listening and experiencing discernment and um, Holy Spirit speaking through me and he speaks through all of us. Yeah, Lena, I really liked what you said about it having a job description. Um, cause the same way that God and Jesus are alive and active, the Holy Spirit is as well. And, and I think honestly, when we think about just the depth of God, the depth of Jesus, this, the Holy Spirit is, is really what is that depth and what allows us to understand that depth. Cause our human brains, whether you have a 4.0 pursuing a PhD or whatever, our human brains are still human. So when it comes to understanding God, this infinite being so fully, that's tough for us to do by ourselves. So I, I think when it comes to understanding and really appreciating that depth of God and Jesus, the Holy Spirit is our partner in that. And someone who comes alongside of us and and helps us with that journey when we're thinking about theology when we're thinking about doctrine we're thinking about education you know holy spirit is is the one that walks alongside of us and um, really helps go through that teaching and um, that that would be my job description for it is is really that that teacher um, that teacher's assistant whatever that is really just walking alongside of us when it comes to our education of our faith walk yeah, I don't know that we can really overstate the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It kind of makes me wonder, what did, what would the Hebrews have thought? So anybody pre the cross, what would they have thought about the Holy Spirit? Knowing like, say, thousands of years later, we'd be having this conversation and we'd have access to God's Spirit living in us. Like, what would they have thought of that? And I can't help but think it would have been the most radical game-changing truth on the face of the planet or the universe. Uh, And I guess the reason I would say that is because you think about the whole narrative of the Bible and it started really good in the Garden of Eden and then everything falls apart with the fall, like sin. And now there's this rift in relationship between man and God. And how are we going to get back to what it was like in the garden? And then you have this whole story of God slowly but surely because of human stubbornness moving closer and closer to us he he finds us in the wilderness rescues us uh and uh rescues the israelites with moses and come and and then establishes this place with the tabernacle and then moves from the tabernacle to the temple but even even between the tabernacle and temple there's limited access Like there's a point where one guy one time a year can actually come into God's presence. And then, and then it really changes when God decides to come as a person, Jesus, and we can actually see what he's like in the flesh. 
to be really, really up close and personal. But that was even, God was not even done, you know, he, moving towards us. He decided, you know what, it would be better because through Jesus, he's limited to one space and time. It would be so much better if, and Jesus even said this, it's better that I leave and the counselor will come down to be with you all. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and now God's presence has come into all of us. It, he couldn't get closer. He like lives inside of us if we choose to follow him. And so you get this overall sense that, man, the Holy Spirit is cr- cr- a crazy gift because God has been pursuing us for thousands of years to get as close as he is now. And then there's the, what's crazy is we often think of the Holy Spirit as like 2.0 Christianity, but the Holy Spirit is like bedrock. It's kind of like saying Jesus launches me in a jetpack into the air. Mm-hmm. And then I decide to, once I figure out the Christian life, I'll just turn off my thrusters and, and I'll fly on my own. And, but the Holy Spirit is the fuel, the jet fuel that causes you to fly in the first place. Mm-hmm. And, and we often in our own self will like choose to, to figure out the Christian life on our own. And, and that's to completely take the Holy Spirit out of it. It's not just, we need the Holy Spirit to even think we can live the Christian life. He's the one who changes our hearts and causes us to want what God wants. And, he, he does so, so more than we could ever imagine or ask for, uh, but he does it. And that's the, a huge role that he has is helping us live the Christian life. Yeah, I love um, what you just like illustrated for us with that analogy, Alex, um, of just like Jesus being that like launch pad and then Holy Spirit being the sustenance. And so, so many people fall away from the Lord and um, just like don't ever like continue like to increase after like their launch pad moment because they never learn to engage Holy Spirit. And what, that's like, like what Liz was saying as part of her testimony, like that's the part of God that we have that's active and alive on the earth today. Not that God the Father and Jesus aren't, but they're both seated in heaven. Holy Spirit's in us, active. Like, it says that, like, God the Father is on his throne, and it says that Jesus is now seated because he finished the work at the right hand of God. So, who's left? It's Holy Spirit. And so, I think, like, when, like, we're rejecting parts of who Holy Spirit is, or it's like, ah, like, that stuff, like, kind of freaks me out. Like, we're actually rejecting what God paid for. Um, That's supposed to be this, like, really useful tool. And, like, what I've heard, um, I've, I've heard this analogy used before of, like, the Holy Spirit being, like, this iPhone. And so, it's, like, you're aware that, like, an iPhone costs, you know, about, like, a grand these days. It's not a cheap gift. Definitely. No. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, not at all a cheap gift. But, um, you know, it would be like God the Father goes out, buys us an iPhone, and then we just, like, keep it in the box, in the in the wrapping, and, like, maybe we, like, throw it in our backpack and, like, carry it around with us, but, like, we're not actually engaging. We're not actually facilitating the relationship that, like, Holy Spirit enables us to, and we just have the phone sitting in our backpack pretty much rendered useless. Like, all it becomes is just a weight at that point. And it's not being used in the capacity that God gave us as this amazing gift for it to be used. And I think that that's something I'm really passionate about because in like my, I guess, little journey with theology, like learning more about the Holy Spirit is like probably the only reason why I'm still a Christian. And so I I really believe that like this is like the key and like this whole podcast is about building. Like this is the key to building your faith after coming to Christ. Like Holy Spirit is it. And so, like, I think as, as important it is as it is to understand the attributes of, like, God the Father and Jesus the Son, like, this is the being that has come to make his home 
with you together um and like learning to engage that like there couldn't be anything more important honestly for sure and i mean even going back to your iphone reference it would be like buying a phone without a cellular plan you know yeah like that that's a very similar thing where it's like okay i have this piece of technology that's great and can do so many things but i don't have very similar to alex's reference of the fuel to power it and i think going back to to everything too he's Holy Spirit is not only the depth, he's the intimacy, he's the education, he's the building blocks, like so, so many different things. And something I want to share too is this semester I've been in a podcasting class, believe it or not. And one of my, one of the things my professor says is something that makes a podcast really good is when you can hear people smile, right? Because in a podcast, you you can't see anybody, but you can hear people smile and I think something, too, that the Holy Spirit is, is just joy. And I don't know about all the listeners out there, but when I heard all three of these people talk about the Holy Spirit, I could hear them smiling. Because the Holy Spirit is just this joy that radiates out of us and that is a true blessing that we get to experience when it comes to that relationship with him. Exactly, Vicky. And, like, we are a spirit. Like, we are Holy Spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. And I always tell myself that um, because like what that means for us is he gives us gifts of the spirit. He gives us power to cast out devils. He gives us um, like uh, the strength, right? Um, And he changes, ultimately he changes us into the image of Christ. And like, that's what's so amazing about Holy Spirit and why it's so important to press into Holy Spirit um, because of his power that lives in us. Yeah, I even think, um, I can't help but think a little bit, like, what if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're hearing, like, a lot of glowing reviews about the Holy Spirit, but you, you haven't personally related to it yet. And um, and I just want to say, well, I've totally been there. <laughs> and uh, I remember there was a time where I just didn't feel, like, really satisfied in my, as a Christian, uh, where I'm like, I don't know, am I, am I getting it the same way other people around me are getting it? Am I missing something? And, um, maybe even that idea, yeah, just being satisfied. Um, and if I, if I, I don't know, we're getting to the end of the year, um, and people are going to have more flexibility, free time, um, over the summer. If I, if I were to encourage anybody who's maybe feeling that way, um, I'd encourage you to use your summer to investigate, just a little bit more about who the Holy Spirit is um, because some of the things that were key for me were nothing like really crazy in terms of um, yes, spiritual gifts or anything like that, but actually just beginning to really love God. I saw that as a work the Holy Spirit did in me. Um, I saw the Holy Spirit like growing confidence in me. I even bottom line, the ability to turn from sin there's there's I had I had like some really deep sin issues when I was in college but my growth in the Holy Spirit actually helped me begin to overcome sin because it wasn't in my own strength anymore I was finally beginning to tap in to the the to the resources of the Holy Spirit who wanted to see me rescued from sin struggles and so um if so if you find yourself kind of in that camp of like I don't know if I'm experiencing satisfaction or I really feel stuck in sin a specific sin area. Um, I would encourage you. I think the Holy spirit can be that the Holy spirit can be that missing person 
that if just uh, surrendered to and appropriated, that I know you've made this available to me, God. Would you, Holy Spirit, lead me? Make me the person you want me to be. Um, that that regular daily practice of surrender and appropriating the resources, the resource of the Holy Spirit God's given you, um, can be such a game changer. I think about it like this. This is my last analogy, I promise. Uh, you could be given two options. Say you're being called up to play in an NBA basketball game. And you're like, oh my gosh, if you're anything like me, that's the scariest possible idea in the, in the entire world. I'm the worst basketball player ever. And you're being called up to play in an NBA game. And you have two options. You could have Michael Jordan teach you for a day how to play, uh, how to play basketball. He'd show you all his tricks and tips. Or he, he could offer to actually like jump inside of you and play with all of his ability and all of his knowledge and experience. Which option would you choose? Well, I don't have to really think about it. I would choose for Michael Jordan to jump in my skin and, and play like him. And that's who the Holy Spirit is, is. It's not just a person who teaches or guides us, but actually lives through us with the mind of Christ and to want what he wants. And, and, and that's, such a, that's such a paradigm shift. It's not like Star Wars. This isn't the force that I use. This is inviting a, the person of the spirit to like work in me and to change my heart and live through me. And that's really an exciting prospect. Yeah, Alex, that like about hits it. Like, honestly, I think just like asking Holy Spirit, like, man, like, I'm, what are you capable of? Because I'm not even sure I even know everything. Um, like, obviously, like we know he's a rock star at everything that like Christ and like God have called us to do. Um, but just like, I don't even think that like, like, I think we're just on the shores of, like, understanding, like, everything that, like, is encompassed in that. And so just, like, taking time, like you said, over the summer for students to just ask Holy Spirit, like, the Bible says, like, seek, like, ask, knock, and, like, he will be found. Um, and so, like, I just want to, like, encourage, uh, like, us all and also, like, all of our listeners um, to do that. And, like, like, if you're looking for resources, like, please, please message me. Like, you can find me on Instagram. You can DM me. I won't think that it's weird. I would love to FaceTime you. I would love to send you resources, things to listen to, um, because, like, Holy Spirit truly, truly is a game changer. Um, and like I said, like, I don't even think, like, we're, we've touched um, some of the things that, like, he's capable of. And so I really want to encourage listeners, like, there's so much more there than, like, you can even see. So, yeah. Honestly, you guys just did the reference minute for me didn't even have to introduce it so that was great elizabeth if you have anything to add for your reference minute elena is her own reference um just hit her up <laughs> she's a great coffee date i warn you though hey. set aside like three hours in your schedule if you're gonna get coffee with elena all worth it but Woo. yes so elizabeth if you have anything to add for our reference minute i'd love to hear from you too I mean, I got to plug Grove Church. <laughs> um, yeah, Elena's my discipler for everyone out there. So you know that um, Holy Spirit is just so incredible. And um, Grove uh, really does a great job at um, teaching about him. Um, like Elena said in the beginning of um, this podcast episode that uh, he kind of gets overlooked um, and I think Grove does a great job about teaching about him. So that's my plug. And Elena, of course. 
<laughs> one last plug. <laughs> I have one last plug. Um, Transformation Church just started a series last week about the Holy Spirit. And, like, I can't speak to, like, everything. I've only listened to the first episode. But it was baller. So, if you're looking for a new series, you might want to check that one out. Perfect. Well, thank you guys so much for being here today. Um, I know this series was definitely something that we were all excited to get into. And now that we've got um, one more amazing final episode of Working at the Wheel for this year coming up next week. Um, but I-, I know the the two of you, Elizabeth and Elena, always live up to the hype. And of course, the one and only Alex Bell, who we finally got here, has always lived up to the hype. So thank you guys for being here so much. Other than that, that's it for us here on Working at the Wheel, and we'll catch you for our final episode of the school year next week. See you later, guys. Bye, everyone. (laughs) Thanks, guys.